You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. So hi, everybody, Gail Craft here from the Empowering Process Podcast, and I have with me this amazing woman, Linda Sunshine West. Linda is a number one international bestseller of many books, and she helps writers, she publishes, she helps you market your book to amplify your voice. She has two books she's particularly fond of, and I would love to share those with you. That is Invisible No More invincible forevermore and the other is fearless entrepreneurs fear less be more a little bit play on words there linda sunshine west is an amazing woman and i'm so thrilled to have her here to talk about her journey and share her experiences with you and how she came to be an amazing resource for women for people who are interested in marketing, but in particularly for women to break through and be who they're supposed to be. Thank you so much for coming here, Linda, Ann, uh, Linda Sunshine. Wes, tell us about Sunshine. Tell us about Sunshine. I got sunshine <laughs> on a cloudy day. Actually, Sunshine's not my given name. It's a name that was given to me just within maybe the last four to five years now. And it was after I started my personal development journey, working with a life coach who really helped me to, to, you know, set me on a path of where I am today. And it's been an interesting journey to say the least. It's been fantastic, but it was interesting. I was at an event and um, this guy that I, that I'd known for years, he said, Hey, sunshine. And I looked behind me to see who was he talking to? Cause I had no idea he was talking to me. And then about a week later, I was at another event and someone else completely different that doesn't know that guy said the same thing. And then I started to notice a pattern. People started calling me sunshine. So I looked at that and I said, wow, they're calling me sunshine. There's something I don't know that I need to learn. And so I'm going to go and change my name officially to sunshine. And so I did what everybody does. I changed it on Facebook. (laughs) I didn't change it on my driver's license or anything, but I changed it on Facebook. And it was so weird because it felt, it felt weird to do that because that meant that I was saying that it was true. And so then I started this path of believing that. And so now when people introduce me as Linda, I say it's Linda Sunshine. You're like, now I own it. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, so I met you, what, seven or eight years ago when you first started your journey. Um, And you were you had you were sunshine you had so much enthusiasm so much energy you had no no idea where you were going but you were going to go right yeah. and it, it, and it would, it would bowl you over so um yeah i think that is so appropriate so appropriate so i have a few questions for you um mm-hmm. one is one in particular i love and it's all about as a child in your history, whether it's your childhood, teenage years, maybe young adult, something happened that anchored in you that actually is like a hidden influencer for choices that you make. Can you think of a time and how do you manage through that today? 
Yeah, definitely. This is a great question. I love the way you asked it because, you know, that anchoring in, like I had to really go through my, my brain right now to think like, what is that real, that real moment that anchored in what I'm doing today? Well, when I was five, I ran away and I was gone for an entire week. Why does a five-year-old run away? First of all, a lot of us, like we, our parents will pack our lunch. Oh, don't forget your lunch when you're running away, you know, that kind of thing. But mine was different. I ran away and I was, and I was gone for a week. And the reason I ran away was because you know, I grew up in this very volatile, abusive, alcoholic household. And at five, I just stood my ground and said, I'm not growing up in this household. I'm going to grow up somewhere else. So I only went to the neighbor's house, but at five years old, that's a long ways away for a whole week. So what happened, the anchoring that happened during that five year, you know, that five-year-old time is that when I got there, nobody came to get me day one, two, you know, all the way up to day seven, nobody came to get me. So my belief, what happened is I truly, truly believed my parents don't love me. They don't want me around. I knew it. I was right. I'm a burden. That was my belief. And it locked itself in tight for the next 46 years. So that one thing right there, as I look back, you know, the years, the years that I've you know, been on this earth, that I had a pattern of running away. But then I started asking myself, was I actually running away or was I running to something new? Because running away doesn't really have a good feeling to it, you know? So mm-hmm. running to something has a great feeling to it. So I've, I've had 49 jobs. I worked in the corporate world for 36 years, 49 jobs. And so I was like, I'm always running away from a job, always running away. And then I said, no, I was not running away. What I was doing was saying, I'm no longer going to put up with this situation. And I was actually strong. I saw myself as a weak person, but I was actually strong because I didn't put up with what was happening and said, I'm out of here. I'm going to keep finding that thing, that thing that is good, the thing that makes me feel good, the thing that lifts me up. And that's what I was on the journey, the search for. And that's what I did at five years old. And I carried that pattern with me for, you know, centuries, I was going to say, but for decades, you know, (laughs) well, it feels like centuries, doesn't it? You know, that, that age group five and six is when things anchor in. That's, that's where your trauma from, you know, and real or perceived at five and six years old, it anchors into your body. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And I want to say something on that because you said real or perceived. And, right. you know, in 2015, I was 51. I think that was about the time I met you as I, I decided to face a fear every single day for a whole year because I had so many fears that were stopping me from living. And, and the thing I learned about fear is some people be like, that's a silly fear. Why does that scare you? People say things like that all the time, not really realizing that, you know what, fear is fear. My fear is real, no matter how how silly it may seem to somebody else. It is so real. And I still have to go through the motion to move through that fear. I had fear of talking to people. When I met you, Gail, I was terrified, terrified to have a conversation with somebody because I had a lot of things that happened in my past that caused me to think that I was stupid and ignorant. 
what if they catch on to me? What if they recognize how stupid and ignorant I am? I had this tremendous fear of judgment. Again, a lot of that was anchored in way back younger. And then it just, it got stronger and stronger and stronger from the other people I met in my life, you know, from my family to my first husband to, you know, employers, you know, people say things that really, really can beat us down if we allow it in. And that's what I did is I allowed it in. I allowed it to penetrate my soul. I allowed that to happen. So at 51, when I, you know, started on my journey, uh, you know, I hired a life coach at 51 who tremendously helped me. But starting that journey of that self-remembering, like how strong I used to be when I was five, right? you know, that, that journey, it took a long time. I mean, for some people, it might not be seen like a long time, but for me, it seemed like an eternity, you know, but here I am on the other side of it. And I am so grateful to myself for saying, yes, I deserve this. Absolutely. And what happens during that process is um, you look for evidence that your unworthiness is true. And we both, we all have both. And it's where your focus lies because that's where your belief system is. Right. And so you anchor it and re-anchor it and re-anchor it. It becomes your truth. It becomes your DNA. So congratulations on this fantastic journey. So yes, you you were something else when I first met you. That's for sure. <laughs> and you know, see, I didn't feel like something else when I first met you. And that's no. why the book Invisible No More invincible forevermore why it has so much meaning to me because while i was out there publicly and i was doing things you know i was a musician since second grade and and you know i i was always the first chair so i was always playing solos i was out there but i felt invisible deep down inside i didn't want to be seen while i loved the attention you know i would go retreat after that attention and just just like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I can't, you know, what am I doing? I don't want to be seen. I don't want people to know who well, what I if am. they find I, out? What if they find out? Right. I mean, yeah, that's part of the yeah. imposter syndrome, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. That was totally me hundred percent. So for me to be doing, you know, what I'm doing today now, I love to have my message shared and I'm going to share, cause I might've been with you that exact moment that I had an epiphany that I have value. I was um, at Hera Hub, you know, that's right. I met you at Hera Hub in San Diego and I was attending an, a, um, like a workshop for marketing and we were all sitting around this table, probably about 12 of us women sitting around this table. And I was sitting there with butterflies in my stomach because I was surrounded by these incredibly smart, brilliant women. Awesome. Who know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like they knew what they were doing. And I was sitting here like uh, imposter syndrome, right? Um, I don't deserve to be here. Why am I here? I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, but that's why I was there was to learn. <laughs> you know? So I was, I had this dichotomy going on inside of me. And so the lady putting on the workshop asked a question. And for the first time in my life, I raised my hand to answer. And I not only raised my hand, but I stood up <laughs> like I was loud and proud, right? So I stood up. And I said the answer, whatever it was. And as I sat down, the two women sitting next to me said, it, it was almost like it was in stereo. They said, oh my God, that was brilliant. Will you repeat it? I want to write it down. So I repeated whatever it was that I said. And immediately I stared into the chandelier that was above my head. And I said to myself, but as loud as could be, 
wow, I have value. Right. From this moment forward, I will share my voice every opportunity I get. And that's why I'm here today on this podcast. Right. That's why I have been interviewed hundreds of times because every opportunity that I can share my voice, it's not about me sharing my voice. It's about continually stepping through those fears. It's about sharing with other people that they too can step through those fears and that on the other side is where all the magic happens. We've got to step through those fears. Absolutely amazing. And, and I, will, I will tell you that... Um, you were, were overcompensating when I first met you and it was obvious that you were overcompensating, but there was still something in there, right? There was still something in there. And I'm so, so proud of you for, uh, for continuing. I mean, you didn't give a crap. Once you made up your mind, you kept going and kept going and kept going. And I remember seeing you doing live Facebook lives. I think it was way back when it was first a thing going, she's still putting herself out there raw and real. And honestly, you were an inspiration for me. Last year, I started Facebook lives raw and real. I mean, some of the shots were awful, but it was my message that was important. I didn't care what I look like, right? I had a message and I need to give it to you now, right? And, and so, yeah, so you have already influenced people without even realizing it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll share just briefly like the story of my Facebook lives and the very, very first day it was available on my phone. I was doing it. I have an Android. So, you know, we're always the, the second, like we're the stepchild that gets all the yeah, hand me down, yeah, you know? <laughs> so um, it was about 2014 and this young man that I know he has cerebral palsy and I've known him since the day he was born. He has severe cerebral palsy. And one day, you know, he, he just thinks I'm hilarious. Right. So one day he said, he said, Winda, will you do a video for me? And I was like, no, heck no, I'm not going to do a video. That's what I was saying in my head. Right. But I said, yes, of course, Ryan, because Ryan 24 hours a day has a tough life. And so if Ryan's asking me to do something and it's in my power and ability to do it, I always mm -hmm. say yes to Ryan. And so I, that was before, that was before Facebook live. So I broke out my camera, you know, I did like 15 takes, you know, and I, and then I uh, would do the video, very short video. And my, I remember my very, very first video, it was like, hi, Ryan, this is Linda. Um, I'm doing that video that you asked for. And, and I hope you have a great day. Like my voice was high pitch trembling and, yeah. and all this, but I did it. And I, um, then I had to download it to my computer then upload it to Facebook and right. wait till it was done. You know, it was such a tedious effort to do even a 20 second video. And so then I posted that video and he called me up and um, you know, Ryan has a cognitive delay. So when he speaks, it takes a long time for the words to come out. So he called me up and this one phrase took him almost five minutes to say, and I am very patient person. I just sit there listening. And he said, Winda, I really like your video. Will you do one for me every day? And yes. I was like, heck no, I'm not in my brain. But right. my mouth said, of course, Ryan, I'll do a video for you every day. Oh, my God. I had no idea where that one question and answer 
was going to take me because I started doing videos every day as a promise, fulfilling a promise to a young man. Mm -hmm. His only one, his only wish was for me to do a video every day. And I started doing these videos every day. And it was probably about a year and a half every day doing videos the same way. And there it was. I went on Facebook and I looked at my phone and it said, go live. I was like, Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. No more recording and downloading and yeah. uploading and waiting. Right. Yeah. So what I saw was an opportunity to save time. That's right. what I saw Facebook live as. I didn't see it as anything else other than being able to save time. So I went live that very first video and I immediately got hooked. Next thing I know, I'm doing you know, two, three, five videos in a day sometimes. Like yeah. I'm in a random place and I'm, oh, I just, I'll just go live. I know, you know? I know. <laughs> it was so much fun and, and I loved it. And within about three years, maybe four years, I had done over 4,000 Facebook live videos. That's how hooked I was. I, I loved it so much. You know, I still love it. I just don't do them every day anymore. I told Ryan, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do them any, every day anymore. I don't. I've run out of topics, you know, to talk about and it, but you know, that one wish from that young man really, really changed my life and put me on a trajectory of something completely out of my comfort zone, hundred percent. And I'm so grateful to him for asking. And again, I say this all the time because it's important for me. I'm so grateful to myself for saying yes. And, you know, one of the things that I do with my clients, I work with practicing fear, practice facing fear. And it really is, I have a couple of exercises that you can do every day, pick one. You don't have to do both, all of them, pick one and do something that one of my coaches would say, puts a little throw up in the back of your, your throat. Not a lot, just a little bit, right? Enough that you can go through it. And if you do that every day, you, you start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you can say yes to the brain saying no and then get through it right so yeah that's an amazing story thank you and you know what's uh I, I faced a fear every single day for a whole year in 2015 because you know, after I worked with my life coach who completely opened my mind my heart and my soul and she was the catalyst to all of that and um after I worked with her, I had been so again, addicted. I have an addictive personality. If you haven't told, been able to tell, but I, <laughs> I, I got so addicted to positive change. Cause you know, I grew up in a very volatile, abusive household. You know, I became a people pleaser. I had mm-hmm. a lot of fears and she helped me to um, get comfortable, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. And that was to, to grow, to grow and become a better person, a more positive person, a motivational, inspirational person. And in, so when I was done working with her, I was like, not as much growth. And I'd gotten so addicted to it. So in, on January 1st of 2015, I said, you know what? I'm going to face a fear every single day this year. So I did, I broke through a fear every single day, 365 days in a row. And how I started my mornings is I woke up before I got out of bed is I would ask myself a question, a simple question, what scares me? And then I would wait until the answer came and whatever was the very, very first fear that came up. And I wouldn't get out of bed until the answer came. So I would lay there sometimes for 10 minutes. Sometimes it was instant. So I would just wait until the answer came. And then when it came, that was the fear. I was committed, committed to facing and breaking through that day. 
Well, talk about, you know, growth, because when you break through a fear every single day for a whole year, you will grow. And I like to call like that comfort zone, that proverbial comfort zone, you know, right. it's that little place that we sit in and, you know, oh, this is really great. Life is awesome because we're not, we're too scared to go outside of it and do something different. But every time you step outside of that comfort zone, what happens is you step outside of it and you don't retract back to where you were. You may retract back, but you're going to retract back a little bit further than you were last time. So what you're doing in effect is every time you're breaking through that comfort zone is that you're breaking a fear is you are enlarging the size of that comfort zone. So 365 days in a row, mine grew exponentially, exponentially. And it's still growing because I'm no longer letting fear stop me. And now I do things because I'm scared, because I know if I break through this fear that my comfort zone is going to grow again. And so that's how I, that's my new mantra is that I do things because I'm scared, not in spite of the fear, because I'm scared, because I know that that's where all the growth is. So it's, it's an incredible exercise and it will change your life. I only know one person who took me up on it. They did it for a month. And after a week, he reached out to me. He's like, Oh my God, my whole life is changing already after a right. week, right? After a week. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, I say it's like an elastic. So you take your elastic band and that's just when it starts to get taut, that's the comfort zone. So you just stretch it and then you go back and then you stretch it and it goes back and it, and it gets a little bit larger and all because you, you don't want to stretch it too far. And that's why I tell my clients, no big leaps. We want a little leap because we want to stretch right? We don't, don't want to break. We don't want to find you in the hospital, right? We want to just yeah. stretch it a little bit. That's fantastic. Now, so we talked about, you know, I met you as you were entering into this entrepreneur world. Both you and I come from corporate America and have some good experiences and some not so good experiences. What was the catalyst that pushed you into going out on your own and taking that leap? Because if you want to talk about facing fear, holy crap, because this kind of life is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember exactly the moment again, you know, some, there's some moments in, in time that are extremely pivotal and they really hold this special place in our heart, right? Because it's a place where change happens. And it was one of those epiphany moments. I was driving to work one day. This was my 49th job. I was working for a judge in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and I was a legal secretary and had been doing that for 20 years. During those 20 years, I had had seven different law firms that I worked for, and I worked my way up. And I was always, every time I left, you know, because I talked about running away, really what I was doing is I was running to more money is what I was chasing in the corporate world. Like, how can I make more money so we can have an easier life, you know? And so I landed this job working for this judge and I was so excited because I had made it, you know, and I live in San Diego, California, and he was the number one judge in San Diego, the number two judge in the entire circuit, which covers like five or six states. So I was working for the number two judge in the entire circuit. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. So I was driving to work one day after probably, I think I worked for him for about 13 months and I'm driving to work. And I asked myself a question that many of us ask at some point in our lives, not everybody, but what is the purpose? 
what is my purpose? Right. Why am I even here on this planet? I have no value. This was before this is B L F before life coach. You know, I have no value. And, um, as a matter of fact, what's the purpose of this whole entire planet in the first place? Like I was asking myself, this is just ridiculous. Now I believe in God. So I believe there is a purpose. I just didn't know what it was. Right. And so when I got to work that day, there was a post in a Facebook group, one you probably belong to the Hera hub Facebook group. And this woman posted, I'm a life coach. I took some time off. I'm getting back into it. I'm looking for five women who want to change their life. Now there's a saying when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? Well, I was finally ready and she was my teacher. The reality is that teachers were all over the place. I just wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready to see it. So I immediately reached out and said, I'm in, I have no idea who you are, what you're all about, but I'm ready to change my life. And you're going to be the one that helps me to do it. And so that was my moment of the start. Right. So then after working with her about five months, I worked with her. And at the end of that, I said, quitting my job. This is not my why this is not my purpose, pushing papers around for a judge. And so I went ahead and I gave my notice. I, I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to become a millionaire in a year. Cause that's what they say. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> that did not they sell. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they sell. And that is not what happened at all, but I made that leap. And because I knew that there was something different for me out there. And then I started to meet these um, people in my life that were entrepreneurs that were supporting, you know, supportive and uplifting. And that's what I wanted. I just wanted to feel good about my life. I wanted to feel like I was living on purpose and I wanted to, you know, feel like I was making a difference. And in entrepreneurship, I was making a difference. I was at the beginning, but I was making a difference. I never felt that for 49 jobs. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm going to plug the Hera Hub. I have to say, I was so fortunate when I started my life, this, this kind of life, that I landed in a place like that, that is all about supporting women, is all about providing tools, processes, techniques to guide you, to uplift you, to support you. Brilliant women there, brilliant women. And I'm still friends. I haven't lived there. I haven't been to the Her Hub in a very long time. I haven't lived in San Diego for three years. And I am, I still consider the people I met there as dear friends and, and I'm so glad yeah. that I know them. And you know, what's interesting about Hera Hub for me is that, and by the way, it's H-E-R-A-H-U-B.com. Go check it out. You know, we yeah. are both supporters of it because it's tremendous, just a tremendous group of women. It's, I was terrified of women, but it's a co-working space for women. Why would I end up at a co-working space for women when I was terrified of women? You know, for some reason it came into my trajectory and I went to check it out. And I'm so glad I did because in the corporate world, my experience was that women would step on each other to get ahead. That's why I was terrified. Also, I grew up in a very judgmental household with, you know, my family, judgmental people and the women judgmental women. So that's what I thought what women were all about. So when I went to Hera Hub and I found that, wow, these women actually want 
to see me succeed, but not only do they want to see me succeed, you mean they want to help me succeed? Right. That right there was what I have, you know, my program is called, you know, Women Action Takers, my publishing company, Women Action Takers Publishing. The women at Hera Hub were the catalyst to help me to see that women in the entrepreneurial world are supportive and uplifting and want to see others succeed. So now women are who is who I work with, you know, it's a total flop, I flop, flip flop from where I was before, you know, it's, it's just interesting how these journeys that we take, you know, if we're open-minded enough to change that we can affect change on our own lives and that change will affect change on other people's lives too. Absolutely. I, and I'm sure it was the Hera Hub influence. The first book I wrote was authentic women have it all. And it, it, it's about women becoming men in the corporate world and they are doing corporate a disservice because corporate needs balance and they need the feminine perspective. And I was one of those women. I climbed the ladders like that. I had no trouble climbing the ladder and I hated it every time and get on the board of directors and like, well, this stinks. What the hell am I doing here? Right. Um, and it wasn't until I became authentic with myself and again, going on the journey of uncovering your own weeds, right, to discover that, you know, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to be authentic, you meet some amazing people, right? Because, because they're not going to deal with you if you're not authentic. They don't have time in their life. Yeah. And I, I love that word authenticity. Like one of, one of my mentors, he hates it. He's like, don't ever use that word. I'm like, well, I'm going to, because, you know, sometimes we go against our mentors and this is one of those instances because you know, I'm a woman, first of all, and he's a male. And, and so it's, we just have different, you know, different thoughts, but the word authenticity is a very interesting word for me because as a people pleaser for decades, I wasn't authentic because I didn't know how to be. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I loved. I didn't know what I hated. And so when I worked with my life coach, she's the one who helped me to discover what I love, what I like, what I hate, what I don't like. She was the one who helped me to make that discovery. So once I knew that, now I could actually start to step into living authentically. It didn't happen overnight. It took time. It took time for me to be able to show up as me without fear of judgment, without that fear that somebody's going to catch on to me, right? Because I don't have that anymore. The fear of judgment is gone. And but basically, it was that year of fears that helped me to get rid of that. And I did write a book about it called The Year of Fears. And it's really, it's a just a story about my journey, you know, but that authenticity is interesting, because when I was doing those videos for Ryan, especially when I first started, that I would show up and, and I would be vulnerable during them, you know, saying things about my personal life or what have you, because I ran out of material, you know, right. I ran out of the inauthentic material. And so um, I started saying things and then people would reach out to me. And they're like, wow, you're so brave. Now this right. was before my year of fears. Right. So I didn't, I didn't feel brave. I was sharing things that were scary to share and I came up with a saying, and that is to be vulnerable and share your weaknesses for in your weaknesses, others see your strengths. It's through our vulnerability that is vulnerability is a tremendous strength. But oftentimes when we are being vulnerable, we don't 
feel like it's a strength. We feel weak, right? So here we are feeling weak, but we are actually being strong. And then we're inspiring others to be strong as well. And so it's incredible. Well, it's the definition of vulnerability. Um, There are other coaches that I've met in my journey who work with their clients to be vulnerable, but their clients become vulnerable is not what they become. They become weak in, in, in not being vulnerable. Doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. That's where I want to go. Being vulnerable, me, right. And they had no boundaries when they were done. And so I would get them as a basket case and we would have to, you know, build healthy boundaries. It's okay for you to say no. Right. Being vulnerable doesn't mean saying yes to everybody and, you know, being a slave to everybody. Being vulnerable means that you stand up for yourself and you tell your truth. And it's okay if you don't like my truth. It's okay. Yeah. 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 Boundaries are are extremely important. They're almost crucial. I want, you know, that's kind of a strong word, but, you know, crucial because setting boundaries um, teaches others how to treat us. And when we're being treated a certain way, so think about a child, um, mommy, I want a candy. No, mommy, I want a candy. I said, no, mommy. And they do, they will just keep going and going until they get what they want oftentimes. Right. But because, because the parents cave ended up giving in and giving them a candy. So what happened is the, the kid hit a boundary and they hit it again and they just keep hitting it over and over and over again until they get what they want. And then when the parent caves, boom, they broke down that boundary. Now the kid knows that all I just need to do is ask, you know, 50,000 times and mommy will cave. And so that boundary was broken by the parent. And I, myself as a parent, oh my gosh, I was tough. My poor kids, (laughs) like I was a boundary. (laughs) My boundaries didn't cave. (laughs) Mine didn't either. And you know why my boundaries didn't cave is because my parents' boundaries caved on a you know consistent basis, and I think it was because my dad always felt bad for for the things he did, all the the abuse that he did do, that he caved when it came to things like that. When I wanted something, I would, I would he would say no, and then he would say no again, and then he would say yes. Like that was the pattern. It was a pattern I learned, and I realized how detrimental that was to mm-hmm. me in my life. And so I was not going to have my kids have that detrimental. <laughs> style for their life. And I remember my daughter was 18 and she asked me something and, um, I said, no, whatever it was. And then about a day later, because then I thought about it, I I went back to her and I said, you know what? I changed my mind. Yes. Whatever it was. And she was 18. She goes, what? You never change your mind. And I said, you're 18. Now you're an adult. So now it's different. You know, she's like, so now she's learned that my no's don't always mean no, that sometimes I need, sometimes I, and now I just say, I need to think about it. Right. You I need didn't to process. Used to do that. Yeah. Let me think about that for a minute. Yep. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, we could go on and on forever, but I'll tell you I know, when, I know, I know. when, when I was 12 or 13. So I, I grew up without any boundaries. My mom passed when I was extremely young. My father worked the night shift. I'd come home from school. No one was home. So I was a street kid, whatever. And I can remember at 12 or 13 begging for boundaries because I thought I need proof that you even give a crap about me. And if I can get away with whatever I get away with whenever I want, then there's no boundaries and no one really cares what I do. 
So when your teenager is acting out, they're testing the boundaries. They're testing your love. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, you know, it's boundaries are an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's just, a whole other conversation, them. but we're, we're going to wrap this up because it is on the weekend. Yeah. And I want you to have uh, a weekend to yourself. So let us know, um, how can we get in touch with you if we want more information? Thank you. So first of all, thanks Gail for having me and, you know, allowing me to share my voice with the world because, you know, this is the journey that I'm on is every opportunity I get, I will share my voice with the world. It was stifled for so many decades and it's time for me to speak out as well as you, you listening to this episode right now, know that you have value. You have tremendous value. You have brilliance inside of you. You were born with it. And so just start to tap into that, reach out to Gail, someone like Gail, you know, that can help you to tap into that, to who you are and to start living your life on purpose instead of on accident. That's something I love to say. So my name is Linda Sunshine West. You can find me at womenactiontakers.com. Also, I'm on all the socials. I have women action takers as well as Linda with a Y, Linda with a Y, Sunshine West. You know, I, I have a podcast. You can find me on all the channels. Again, it's women action takers, but let's connect. If you have a story to share, to share, and you're not sure how to share it, you know, reach out to me. Maybe you have a book inside of you that you're ready to write. Go ahead and reach out to me and let's make it happen. Let's get your words out there. so you can make a greater impact on this planet while you're here. Absolutely. And you might just have a chapter and she has a book that that chapter can fit into. So there's a yes. lot that Linda can help you with. Thank you so much. Again, this is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process Podcast. If this resonates with you, let us know. If you know someone that this could help, share it with them, direct them to here. We would love, love, love for our message to spread. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.